Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Coming up, Amira Beth stepping in for Dr. Pat here on KKNW and TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by, powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Aloha, everybody. Jumping right in on at it. This is Amirabeth Murhealer. Big surprise. Dr. Pat, maybe you all know, is um, on vacation this week. And I've been given the great honor to sit in and host one of her shows. Um, I have a show on Transformation Talk Radio entitled Tales from the Merworld Radio. And it's a program where we explore the ancient lands like Atlantis and Lemuria. And in this case today, we're going to talk about Avalon. We're going to go into some mythology of, of Avalon and the Norse gods and the northern path with a really wonderful guest. Before I get to my guest today, uh, I want to talk a little bit about incoming energies for September. Welcome to September. We're on the verge of, of a full moon in Pisces. That comes up tomorrow. Pisces and Virgo, we're in the constellation of Virgo, are are very mutable signs. And the message I got from Spirit today is that to be especially open to the idea that the sands of time are going to be shifting and changing pretty much on the daily while we are in these two very mutable energies and, and really throughout the rest of the year while 2020 kind of works itself out. <laughs> And brings us the, uh, you know, the rest of the changes, you know, the epic sweeping changes that that have, are already coming through transforming our planet. And humans, we get very uh, caught up and attached to sameness. It's, it's very difficult for, for a lot of us to embrace change. And this year, we've certainly had to get used to things changing on, on a regular basis and feeling very strongly that the month of September... We're going to continue to see a lot of movement and it will be good for all of us to take on the very mutable qualities of Virgo and Pisces. I'm a Pisces, so I understand that very free flowing, uh, swimming movement through, through all the ebbs and flows of life. And it will be very helpful for all of us to kind of adopt that type of mentality that, you know, our, our source of stability our source of strength can only can come from one place, and, and that is with, with God. That is with source and, and whatever you want to call the divine creator, that trust and that tethering in and that line of communication, that line of stability uh, really can only come from one place, and that is from our individual connection to, to the divine. And, and on that note, I'm, I'm very excited to introduce my next guest to you. You know, I, I really have a great privilege on, on my show to work with a lot of healers and teachers and, and messengers of God that I know personally and have personally spent time with and, and who have affected my life and affected the lives of, of a lot of the people around me. Um, I first met Jeremy White in Portland, Oregon. Um, actually, I think I met him in Astoria went into his, his store. He had a shop in Astoria, Oregon on the coast and met him and just immediately felt the magnificence and, and the genuine aspects of his personality and uh, for his love for his craft and got to know Jeremy, even, even had a reading with Jeremy, a rune reading. And I'm going to get into that story a little bit later, but what I want you to know about, about Jeremy White is um, he is the real deal out in the world. He is a white Vitki, a Norse medicine man, priest, shaman, and storyteller. He follows the path of Odin in everything he does. 
using El Elder Funkhart, I hope I pronounced that right, as his guide. He is honored to speak Odin's word, to teach his wisdom, and to use magic for healing and awakening. As Vicky, he opens doorways to the unseen and to the ways of our ancestors. This is his purpose, to heal the fairy accord and to mend what was once broken between the divine masculine and divine feminine through the Northern Gateway as he draws back the veil of the enchantment realms for others to see. I, I love that term, draws back the veils of the enchantment realms. <clears throat> He's a teacher who knows the old ways, those simple yet profound and magical ways that lead others to great transformation. Jeremy resides in Glastonbury, England, and is a land guardian of the ancient Isle of Avalon. He is available for readings and offers classes so that others can expand and awaken into their own magic and medicine. He is also a speaker and author of Raising the Runes, a shamanic journey through Avalon. And we're going to talk about all of this, everything on Jeremy's resume we're, we're going to get into. And Jeremy's also going to offer us a, a, a wonderful meditation a little bit further in the program. So without further ado, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on Tales from the Merworld Radio. How are you today? I'm great. And I, I want to thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to be seen out in the wider world. Yes. Uh, the reason this is the Northern Gateways come about, I've always been deep into the, the myths and magic of the Celtic and Nordic tribes and the history of Avalon further and further back. We, we associate Glastonbury with a rock festival in the world now, but right. Avalon, the labyrinth on the tour, the old hill, was carved 10,000 years ago, 5,000 years before Stonehenge. All the major ley lines, which are the magnetic energy fields that animals still navigate around the world, all converge into the tour. There's a lady called Maria Zimmern Bradley. She wrote a book called The Mists of Avalon. Right. I've read a couple of those, those books. Yeah. So she also wrote another one called The Ancestors of Avalon, where she believed the people who made the labyrinth in Glastonbury were from Atlantis. Now, on the journeys... We're all searching for the truth. I believe there's only one truth, and that's your truth. But you should explore everybody's truth to see if yours changes. So I'm open to all truths, but I have my truth. But my truth is about being open to evolve on this spiritual journey, to be guided by spirit. And actually, that's what's happened during lockdown, which has been crazy. So Glastonbury is a town that thrives on tourism, just like Sedona in Arizona. And when we got locked down, the shops all closed. It went very quiet. But the land started to thrive again. The land started to heal. So I decided, I practiced what I preach. And when we're in a time of delay on our journeys, instead of getting frustrated, we should go deeper and deeper into our teachings. And I started reading the ancient texts from the 6th century, the 7th century, ones written by French bards. And the history of Avalon kept coming up and up over and over again about this fairy of cord, the breaking of the fairy of cord. And right. there's a French bard called Chrétien de Troyes. He's the one who first wrote about Lancelot in the Avalonian stories. But he wrote a book in the 13th century called the Elucidacian. Mm -hmm. In the Elucidacian, and it's never been finished, so there have been four continuations. Other great scholars have tried to finish it. The last one was a lady called Hildegard of Bremen in the 15th century. But basically what was happening, I was reading these old texts, and all these scribes, Christian scribes, uh, were trying to solve the riddles of Avalon. But they were coming about it from the wrong way. Because I work with the land, not necessarily books, I'm on the land all the time, in the star constellations, as Glastonbury Zodiac, they could never work out what the third guardian was of the Grail. So there's, on the Grail quest, they believed there were seven guardians you have to pass to be worthy of attaining the Grail. Still doesn't mean you're going to get it. It makes you worthy. The first one is the sacrifice. On all magical paths, we must accept there's a sacrifice. You know, Jeremy, I'm going to pause you right there real quick, and I'm just going to go back to something you said that yeah. really resonates with me. Okay. And the experience I'm having on Kauai right now. Because, right. you know, Kauai thrives on tourism, too. Yeah. There is up to 100,000 people a month 
or more yeah. on this little tiny island. And when all the tourism went away and all the businesses closed down and everything went into that great big pause, I, I experienced the same thing you did with the land where it was so sad kind of in one respect, everything was just so different. But I started to feel the vibrancy of this land of the Aina return. And yeah. the critters were happy and the ocean was happy and the trees and the plants and everything was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, and it was us that was causing that. Yes, this tremendous sigh of relief of thank God all these people are, thank God they're all gone. And you could feel that the land uh, began to take on a different vibrancy and uh, 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 everything about it shifted. It, it was very palpable to be in the water with the fish yeah. or to be out on the, the hiking trails and feel the relief in the land that yeah. that it, it got to receive and got to restore and renew itself without out all those people everywhere so so i i really understand what you're saying but, yeah and i could feel that i could feel the land was really happy but and people forget that avalon is the land it's not right people. you know it's not the crystal shops and the fairy shops it's right and same it's the with land right. that teaches it's the us Aina. yes yeah and yeah. that divine that divine feminine dwells in the land the goddess and it is a very feminine place. Mm -hmm. And that's what's guiding us during this time. To cut the long story short, because I can talk about things for a long time, and, you, and it's good that you stop me now and then. <laughs> uh, the northern path for me is the coming together of the white dragon of the Norse and the, the Germanic tribes and the red dragon of the Celts. And together they sit like yin and yang in Glastonbury. And when we can get that path together, the male and female comes back into balance. Right. So the origins of the search for the Holy Grail, in latter years, it's become a Christian quest for the, the Grail Cup of Christ. But that story existed much earlier, and it represented the divine feminine. So in ancient Britain, after the Romans left, before the time of King Arthur, there were always goddesses and maidens who watched over the lakes, the waters, the waterfalls, and their traditions were to give care, healing, nourishment to any stranger that passed by. It was a, an ancient heathen tradition and still followed in all indigenous countries, countries, tribes and cultures right across the world. But what happened is a Christian king called Amangon decided that these pagan women were evil and he and his knights drove them away from the wells and into the forests and they became the witches they became the sirens they became the wood nymphs and the water nymphs and had a bad connotation about them the arthurian quest when they search about saving the damsel in distress is not about saving a weak woman it's repairing the damage that the masculine has done to the divine feminine and getting that back in balance and on the northern gateway we try and wake up the knowledge in these stories the magic that dwells in our DNA of our ancestors and try and put that back in balance. And there's a very famous fairy bard. His name is Blair Blaharis, which means actually the hairy fairy, but he's from a long time ago. And he was taken to Arthur's court and Arthur was trying to repair the damage done by the breaking of the fairy accord. And he said, it's very simple. And he said, why are you trying to repair something in the past? Don't live in the past, live in the present. You're to heal the now, here and now, and set an example to those children who come after. So I believe in this century, because in Britain, 70 years ago, I would have gone to prison for witchcraft. And it's not, it's in living memory. And 70 years in the future, who knows, we might in the future go to prison for it as well. But we have an opportunity to allow people to connect to magic enchantment and splendor once more and take their lives from being black and white to multicolored when we connect them back to the divine feminine and back to the earth wonderful that's what i want to do love the conversation i have so many questions for you we're going to take a short break and when we come back i'm going to let you just jump right back into to everything you're explaining and um everything that you're sharing and so I'm going to let, uh, let my producers take us into a break for a second, and we will okay. be right back. 
Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tired of not losing the weight? You need a healthy solution for weight loss that protects your muscle mass as the fat burns away naturally. Holistic Medical Center has the healthy option for your weight loss concerns. Lose one to three pounds per day in 21 days naturally under our physician supervision. Call Holistic Medical Center 425-451-0404. Or on the web, drdarvish.com, D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. What we've been taught and told is not all there is. Life is all about energy, and the energy you feel is real. Tune into the energy paradigm each month on transformationtalkradio.com with Dr. Vic. The energy paradigm is an eye-opening, mind-shifting, transformative, and earth-shattering way to live, work, and do business that will enable you to unlock your magic every day. Visit TheEnergyParadigm.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. If you're like me, you're a woman business owner. Let me introduce you to the high-heeled go-givers. This community of women business owners are there. They are in it to win it for you to uplifting and transforming the lives of women throughout our community. To find out more, to meet them, you want to go visit highheelgogivers.org and tune in to listen to what they're about to say to you on my show. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. Coming up, Amira Beth stepping in for Dr. Pat here on KKNW and TransformationTalkRadio.com. Aloha, everybody. My name is Amira Beth Merhealer, and I'm here today sitting in for the wonderful Dr. Pat. I have been given an opportunity to uh, take on her show today, and I have a very special guest with me. We're going to go back into Jeremy White here in a second. In the meantime, I would like you to know that if you would like to learn more about the ancient lands of Atlantis and Lemuria and Avalon, you can find me every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on Tales from the Merworld Radio on this very same network. Uh, You can also find me at amerabath.com and on YouTube under Amerabath Merhealer. Today, I'm speaking with my friend, Jeremy White, who is coming from us live from Glastonbury. We're talking about the Northern Path. We're talking about Avalon and all the magical things that are happening in this world and where Jeremy's very special place is to bring back this ancient wisdom and knowledge. Jeremy, let's just try and pick up kind of where we left off before the break. But, But something I really want to ask you I think everybody needs to know where can we find you in the world? If somebody wants to work with you or learn about what you do, where's, where can we find you? So firstly, you can find me at jeremyrjwhite.com. That's my website. When you go there, you can be led to the porthole of the northerngateway.org, which is the online tribal community I'm hoping to build. That's my passion. On the website, I teach the runes. I teach the shamanic path, but I also do offerings, what we call beyond the veil. It's 
so people can have a taste of what it's like. Well, I'm going to give you a taste later on of how we work with the Elder Futark runes, which means the Old Father. They're the oldest form of the runes. I use them to speak directly to spirits. So when I take people on a vision, I have no idea where you're going beforehand. So we cast the runes. You'll be having the vision, but I'm just channeling what the gods are showing me and what you need to see. And after the vision, I explain what the runes meant and what you were supposed to get out of it. Well, you know, and I remember when I had my rune reading with you some years ago, and I was getting ready to do a retreat on Kauai. It was before I moved to Kauai. And I, and I was really struggling with with the name for my retreat. And I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I, I was do really remember that. struggling with what I was going to call this retreat. And, 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 and we, we were going through the rune readings, and you said, you said, Amira, Atlantis is your lineage. Name it after your lineage. Atlantis is sacred to you. Call your retreat the sacred touch of Atlantis. And I went, oh, gosh, that's wonderful. Why didn't I think of that? And, and so the sacred touch of Atlantis, Kauai retreat was born. And I also named my uh, 13 chakra healing modality the sacred touch of Atlantis. So thank you very much. You're welcome. That's not <laughs> that me. That's spirit. That's just flowing. Well, you know, it's you being open and, and really being tuned into the truth of my soul. And, and the truth of my my lineage and my path and and giving me like a great treasure that helped me to carry my purpose for it out into the world <laughs> well that's that you are the wisdom keeper and the the beacon watcher to make sure that flame of atlantis doesn't go out that's your right. responsibility as mine is for avalon you are the guardian of atlantis in this world and we're the gatekeepers to open the doorways for those who are lost for those who have no voice in the world of man to find it within magic and to find sanctuary as well. Yes. I was very interested before we left off the break, you were talking about the sacred feminine and the sirens and how, how these yeah. holy women were um, um, kind of put in their place by these forces or by this, this, this male energy that found them a threat. So how are we healing now and how are we recovering that and, and bringing that back into the collective and, and restoring that balance between the masculine and feminine. So we live in a very special time where people are craving out for deeper answers. Uh, yes. I'm sort of very versed in the ancient history of Avalon. But what's really important is there's a star temple of Avalon where there are 13 zodiac signs. Because there are 13 moons in a year and women have 13 cycles in a year, which proves that the earth is female. So for us to start honoring the divine female, we have to get back in right relationship with the land, honoring mother earth, that we don't exist without her. She is our home, she has a sanctuary, and we all come from that womb and go back to that womb. Divine masculine in indigenous cultures, Mother Earth, Father Sky, as far back as you remember. We need both in balance. You can't yeah. just have one. Right. And the more Mother Nature is actually putting us in our place at the moment. Right. We've been naughty kids and we're on the naughty step. So we're getting a lesson. You know, and it's a time of inner discovery and remembering that we need community. That is the greatest joy of mankind, to stay in tribes to know your place in a tribe and where home is. Mm. And those things have been lost in the modern world because we seek material satisfaction, which brings right. no happiness. You know, it's only when you find that spiritual home, you can just go, oh, I got it, I'm home. And that's what I feel that in Glastonbury. And I, my, my, I have a, a walking thing as well, I call walking with wizards. And I walk people on the land, and what I want to do is open the door so they can have a glimpse of magic and home. I don't want to teach the runes, and I'll tell them some stories, but there are many truths. But they'll find there, in some ways, they'll, people will find it through Lemuria. People will find it through Star Masters. People will find it through fairies. People will find it through their ancestors. We're all right. coming from different directions, but it's the same magic. Well, and, and I find that the deeper I go into my own lineage and path, the Atlantean path, the Mer people, you know, Avalon, Lemuria, they're all, they all intersect, even Egyptian mythology, yep. they all intersect. And, you know, you talked about the labyrinth being built by Atlanteans. And, and yeah. I absolutely concur with that because I know that, that when there was an exodus from Atlantis 
and an uh, avalon was and eat in the egyptian societies were birds that you know the wisdom and that knowledge came and laid a foundation yep. and and was expanded upon by the the avalonian priests and priestesses so yep. it, it's all interconnected and it's very fascinating to explore it all and let it layer upon each other well it, it's it, it's so obvious but it's hidden from us yeah so in glastonbury uh, Glastonbury itself was like the high set of Europe, where people came for 21 years to study Druidry there and would go off men and women. And then they built Glastonbury Abbey on top of it and made it very Christian. But that right. doesn't stop the medicine that was there before, and people right. still come to be taught. And Druid, the word, means tree wise, mm. to learn from nature. And that's what we're having an awakening to, like you've experienced and I, wow, this amazing energy that's coming back from nature at the moment. Right. And those who are empaths who can tune in can understand it. I believe that nature wakes my DNA and the messages stored in my DNA. And whether those channeled messages come from up there or from within here, they're being released at the right time. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And so t tell us a little bit more about if, if, if someone were to come to you and, and want to learn from you, how would you start? Like, do you start with a reading for them? What kind so, of classes do you offer? All of it. So if somebody wants to find out what I do, the best thing for them to do is come online and have a reading with me uh, where I don't want to know anything about them. I work with the runes. We find out about their past, their present and the future. And we ask questions. I cannot change the past. I can help with the present, but I can help you navigate the future. And that's where the runes come in, to change an energy events that are going to come. If they want to take that deeper, they can then learn the runes with me, where they learn to communicate with spirit for themselves. And then they start to interpret their own messages. If they want to take that deeper, then they can open up the shamanic path or take the first steps on the Northern Gateway. When I teach shamanism on my website, it's a two-year course of hard study. In the Northern Gateway, we've broken that down into initiation, eight weeks to learn the runes, eight weeks to learn about the cosmos, and, and they can decide and pull back whenever they want. Because originally all this stuff took 21 years to learn, so you can't learn it in five minutes. Right. A lot of the girls in the class, the younger girls, they want to know about the crone, the magic of the crone, the old wise woman. And they're really excited about that. And I had to say, girls, what is the one thing that you have to have to be a crone? And they're saying wisdom, traveled experience. I said, no, you have to be postmenopausal. That is the qualification to be a crone. And you can't get that until you're there. So don't right. rush that time ahead. Be Enjoy being maid. the maiden and the mother. <laughs> be the mother. They, they're equally as important in, in the path. So don't waste that time. Embrace where you are in your life now and enjoy every moment. There'll be a time when you're a crone and wish you were a maid again. So take your time. Right. You know, and I remember back in Portland when, when a, a group of our very dear female friends came and sat with you and learned the runes. And I remember how excited they all were and how it just, it just moved all their gifts and, you know, their, their superpowers and their ability to connect with the runes and with source, it just moved it to, to such the next level. And, I, you know, these girls were really good friends of mine. And, and I really remember the joy and the excitement and how much fun they had, how much fun you made yeah. it. Because you actually help people make their own runes. Can yeah. you talk to us a little bit about that? So the runes are just an alphabet. That's all they are. The symbols are sacred, but it is an alphabet. And I've done readings at an airport on bags of sugar. We're using a biro just to write down what they are because it's the symbol that's sacred but when you make your own runes you're making something different so what you're doing is when they make their runes i i'm a ceramic artist so they'll pick a symbol that represents them and then i'll make the runes i'll carve that symbol into the back of each and every one of the runes and then when they get them they'll do their ceremony to make them theirs and they're never to be given away if you lose one, you cast the rest in the sea because they become part of you. Right. Um, I still have a couple of the runes around 
know, you gifted me a couple here and there, and I've seen you at some different um, metaphysical fairs and things like that. And I've lightly learned about what some of them mean. Um, And any time that I've been around the runes, especially the ones that you've created, you know, you really do feel the potency of that glyph and the potency of the energy or the god or goddess that is associated with with those glyphs. It might be fun to talk a little bit about what that means, that these glyphs are actually associated with with it, you know, with a deity that can. So we will take we'll take a a one called. I'll explain, first of all, how the runes work. So we're at school taught A is for apple, B is for ball. The runes are A is for answers, B is for beginnings. So each alphabetical letter has a spiritual meaning. But we'll take the one B for Bacana, which means new beginnings, fresh starts. It's represented with, <coughs> excuse me, the, oak, uh, the birch tree, but also the goddess Frigga, who is the holy mother. She's the... You have the maid, the mother of crone, but Bacana is the goddess. She who knows everything but says nothing because she just watches and cares for her children below her. So that one rune has a mystical meaning, which is for readings. It has a mythical meaning, which is the story of the goddess Frigga, the holy mother. Then it has a magical meaning where you use it as the birch tree to bring about change in people's lives. Amazing. So before we go into your meditation, um, and we need a lot about 15 minutes for that, what do you most want people to know about uh, what is important to you to share with all of us? Uh, So my path is the runic path. But actually, being a land guard of Avalon is, is way beyond that. And I want people to know that Avalon not only dwells in the English countryside, it dwells inside your heart. It's an aspect of us. Just like the third eye, you can open Avalon in your heart when you start believing in magic and allow magic to manifest in your life. <coughs> and you're making your quest for the Holy Grail to, to recover the divine feminine, to, to refix the fairy accord and go, this is my quest. It starts with a commitment. That's the sacrifice. Then you go through a struggle Then you meet the guardian, the first guardian, who allows you in and makes you worthy. Then you meet the swan, which is the being that carries you across the waters to the next dead realm, where you start understanding between the realms. Then you meet the hawk, which is wisdom, and your frequency starts to change. And you just things become clearer. You start tuning into different dimensions. You start downloading messages or waking up messages in your own DNA. Then... You get the lament, which is you get this far, and this is like a shamanic death and rebirth, then you have to accept all the bad things you've done in your life. And then accept, but I've been led here for forgiveness. Mm. And then the final step is what we call the shield or the grave itself, where you become full of grace and can embrace. And that path is not only the runic path or the Celtic path, it can be the Lemurian path. It can be the Avalonian path. It is there for everybody when you dedicate your life to sharing spirit with people. Oh, amazing. And, and I, would, I would think it would really take somebody who had a, a very passion, a very deep uh, uh, longing to want to basically look at your own shadows as well as yeah. your own gifts. You know, look at our dark side as well as look at where our purpose <coughs> and power is. And, you know, uncover and reveal and become really authentic with that so it can be healed and transmuted into, into all the things that lay on the other side of our, our courage. So those, those nine worlds, we live in Middle Earth or Midgard. That's where the mm-hmm. Tolkien got it for Lord of the Rings. There are another eight worlds around us at the same time. And this has been proved by string theory with science. Those, those other radio stations are, are, are playing while we're listening to one song. They're still playing. And a part of us dwells in each of one of those other worlds. So we want to tune into those other worlds. Some people tune into what we call the light elves, which is ascended masters, star beings, angels. Some people tune into the fairy world, Vanaheim, which is the forest, the oceans, the mountains, the beings that dwell there. But you do have to face your dark elf, the worst part of you, the worst aspect of you. 
and know that they exist. You can't have one without the other. They're all aspects of us. What right. we want to, the dark elf is, we want to learn as much from those mistakes as we do from the enlightenment. Well, so we I could really Sorry. just listen to you for forever, go on and on, but I would really like to get to your meditation. I know you have something okay, very cool. special planned for our audience. So I'm going to go ahead and just let you take it from the top. Right, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put my hands on the runes. I'm gonna do a chant to connect our energy. You're Would you mind pick... showing us a couple runes? Okay, so I'm not sure if it'll work. I'll have to take my, uh, what we call green screen off because it won't show them on the screen. Oh, I see, okay. You know, that's the magic of technology. Yeah. So, although strange enough, there is the Bacana rune I've just picked up. We've just been talking about it. So I'm gonna do this chant and you're gonna pick three numbers and I'll show those runes, but I won't tell you what they mean until after the vision. Okay. So close your eyes and listen to the sound of my voice. Okay. Manas, manas, manas. Me, ma, mu, mo, me. Manas, manas, manas. Okay, Mira, I'd like you to pick three numbers between 1 and 24. We're going to go 3, 11, and 22, please. I'll just get the other ones out of the way. So I'm going to show you the runes I got, which is this is Algiz. This one is Kenaz. And that one is called Now These. I'll explain what they mean after I throw them down. So I'm going to shake them, and you're going to tell me when to throw them. Okay. I'm ready. Okay, cool. So, oops, turn the light up. Where's the light? There we go. And this is my drum with all the teachings on it. Everything goes on my drum. So the students, they learn from me, they put something else on their drum. So close your eyes, listen to the sound of the drum and just imagine what I'm saying. to imagine you're standing at the top of a beautiful green hill. You can see for miles and miles in every direction. You turn around behind you and there's a flagpole. Halfway up the flagpole there's a flag flapping in the breeze. I want you to look at the shape of the flag, the colour of the flag. Are there any symbols or patterns on the flag? When it's completely clear, untie the rope and raise the flag to the very top, telling the world of spirit you are ready to receive the wisdom. You sit down with your back against the flagpole and stare down into the valley below. And you see a great stag approaching you along the valley with a massive rack of horns. Round and round, up and up, he comes closer and closer. Right at the very top, he bows his head and tells you to climb onto his shoulders. But before you do, you tie a golden thread 
around your waist and to the flagpole so you can easily bring yourself home. The stag turns and leaps off the hill into the sky above the valley. You hold on to his antlers as he flies back, back in time. center of the village is a monument. You climb down from the stag and on that monument you see a symbol and this symbol fills you with self-love. A feeling of empowerment, of knowing who you are. stag and you wander through the village feeling strong feeling protected and you come across a woman who is tethered to a pole at the end of the village for some crime or persecution why is she tied up ask her If she is not worthy to be bound, then you have the right to set her free. Make your decision and decide whether she deserves to go free or she deserves her punishment. Then he bounds up into the sky again, high over this village, flying back in time to our time, the 21st century. And as you hold on to his great rack of horns, the hairs on the back of his neck separate, and you see the symbol that was on the monument in the village. flag on the flagpole 
are at once more to half-mast. You remember what time you went back to. You remember the symbol of power on the monument. You remember why the woman was bound and whether you let her go or not. You remember the symbol once more on the back of the stag's neck. You remember all these things and you wait for the four beats that bring you back to me here, to Midgar, the realm of man. Yourself back with me, sister. Okay. So, firstly, this is the Algiz, the stag. It is the rune of self love and empowerment. But you could only find that symbol when you went Kenaz. You shone a torch back in the past. You had to go backwards to find your power. And once you found your power, you made the decision of whether to let the woman go or she says that she pays her price. The, I never know where you're going and I just like spirit to guide me in the vision. So what was your flag, Amira? Uh, you know, I saw the American flag of freedom. Right. Cool. Freedom and sovereignty. Yeah, and what, what time did you go back to? I, I went on that stag and we went right into the water and we swam down to the world. And where was the, what was the symbol you saw? The symbol was, I have a sacred symbol that was given to me via one of our sisters. And that right. symbol was very clearly on the monument. I was very clearly to told it is time to fully embrace and utilize that symbol and everything that it means. And why was the woman bound? The woman was me. And why was she bound? She was bound. It was a self-imposed or self-punishment ah. or, or a, a tethering. Of, of, of her true potential, of my true potential out into the world. And of course, I unbound her and she embraced me and we merged and got back up on that stag and yeah. ready to go to, to ne next level, you know, next Beautiful. level for purpose. Yeah. That's exactly really what those rooms mean. This one's a really interesting room. Now, these, uh, it means the need fire to rubbing two six sticks together, what's necessary in your life. But 10 years ago, I met an old German woman who was in her 80s. And she said, when you're doing a reading for a woman, it means something different. I said, explain. And she said, represents a young girl walking through the orchard. She comes to a tree with a golden apple. It's everything she wants. But she can't climb the tree and she can't jump because she carries a big bag of luggage. And it's time, it looks like a pair of scissors, as she put it, to cut it free. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in a vision, it all depends where it guides me. I hope you enjoyed that. I did. It, it, it was really wonderful. And um, I brought a part of myself back from the Mer world. Beautiful. That was waiting to return and, and um, just assist me on going in life. Jeremy, thank you so much. And How are we doing for time, ahead. sister? You know, just a couple of minutes. And I want you to, to share again where, where we can find you in the world if we would like to get to know you better. So... I'm doing three offerings at the moment. The one is the northerngateway.org. The next initiation starts on the 19th of October. My own personal website, which is jeremyjrwhite.com. I offer readings, healings, and storytelling there. I'm doing a thing called Beyond the Veil, so people can get a taster of what the Northern Gateway is like, where I tell stories and we do visions like this, and I'll interpret them for them. The next one of that is on the Saturday the 12th at 7 p.m. UK time, which is 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, excellent. And I, I should hope that anybody who views this broadcast either now or in the future um, and, and listen to that amazing meditation that we just did together, you know, and, and I feel like when, when you share something like that publicly, not only does it affect me, and assist yeah. me, but anybody tuning in, you know, can take that journey as well and, and rediscover or bring back parts of themselves um, through that meditation. Yeah. Well, we're, we're the guardians of the magic and the medicine. So my job is to share the magic of Avalon as far and wide as I can. 
so others can tap into that energy and use it to heal those they come in contact with right and As right for now you with the atlantean energy magic you know magic and the return to that magical child yeah. that is within us that you know that child that was birthed into this world pure yeah. and open and and ready to receive and that life kind of like can beat out of us here and there yeah. like a return to the magical ways I, I feel that's one of the most important lessons or teachings in into going into these mythologies you know people wonder like what's the use of this well the use is to return that that magic to our spirit and that knowledge that we are so much more our ourselves and our dna how so much more our soul has so much more than just this this experience that we have here on earth you know there really is so much more well there's a, a story i tell on the first initiation which is called the wooing of attain and it's a story that's probably at least 1600 years old and it's about magic and the fairy kingdoms and fairy magic but the the punchline at the end is you need to see with your heart you need to feel yeah. with your heart you need to sing with your heart to believe in magic yes you know and that's what kids do that when a kid's five years old they can believe in santa claus they get so excited that joy in their face they believe in the tooth fairy then around eight or nine we say no you can't believe in that anymore that's all rubbish right well, why is that to teach kids to or, believe or in somebody magic? tells them it away. you know somebody tells them that's not true or that's not real yeah. and, but and to me magic, it is yeah i'm approaching 60. i believe in magic you and know i want to touch people and share magic wherever i can exactly and and this is why i do my atlantean channel and talk about the mer people because i really do believe that in the not so off future as the veils continue to drop those yeah. of us who are in touch with the magic even if we don't see it with our physical eyes because we see it with our heart yeah. when we start to be with those creatures in the 3d you know on this yeah. planet it's going to be like, oh, well, I, I knew you were there the whole time. And now and now here you are. I can touch you. I can communicate with you in, in real time, not only in this magical realm. You know, for those of us who have been teaching and preparing, that that's just going to be something that happens just instantaneously and seamlessly. I work with ley lines all the time. This is a long story, but I'm going to cut it really short. Basically, when I look, I do talks on ley lines and the magic of the land and crop circles. And I was doing a story of my life from where I was born to where I had to go on one straight line to find my magical path. And that is all the way to the Pacific Northwest. Right. It is one line from where I was born through Stonehenge, through Glastonbury and Avalon, through the West coast of Wales, where I grew up as a kid, through the village, my father's from in Ireland and all the way to the Pacific Northwest to Astoria, Oregon, one line my life has been on. And that's me trusting spirit and allowing my guidance of mother earth to put me where i'm supposed to be and yeah. probably the same for putting you in hawaii right yeah. yep you know we we all we are are led to where we need to feel where we need to develop and where we feel most magical and and yeah. i'm where i'm supposed to be and you're where you're supposed to be and i love that we got to intersect in portland yeah or, and i'm, and I'm not from glastonbury or avalon i'm from london i'm from the city but mm -hmm. this is a place that calls me and has allowed me to be a guardian of it. And I'm honored to do that. And same for you in Hawaii. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time. I think it's evening time for you. Almost it's eight o'clock in the evening now. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking taking your time to speak with me and, and to teach us all, Jeremy. I appreciate you so much. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. Thank you for inviting me. It was lovely to get to share some of the magic. Yeah. yeah. And for all of you out there, you can find me on Tales from the Merworld Radio on the Transformation Talk Radio on the second and fourth Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And until then, I send you oceans of aloha and thank you for allowing me to express myself. <laughs>